What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. All right, Rob Schallenberger here. Welcome back to our listeners. Excited to have you with us wherever you're at in the world. We have a great guest for the show today. This is Brandon Steiner out of New York. You're going to hear a little bit more about him and his background. A very cool guy. First guy I know and have ever met to make a lot of money selling dirt (laughs) and doing some other very cool things. You know, Brandon is a seasoned veteran. He's been around, done a lot of cool things. He's the CEO of Steiner Sports which is the country's leading sports and collectible and athlete marketing business, has done a lot with the Yankees, big Yankees fan. So that's going to get some of you excited and some not so excited. (laughs) And he just finished a book called Living on Purpose, which is a fabulous book. I'm holding it in my hand right now. So out of New York, Brandon, grateful to have you here. And thanks for being on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. And I love a lot of teams, not just uh, the New York ones. (laughs) And I've done really well with many teams around the country. And Love sports, been doing this for 30 years, so it's my 30th year at Steiner Sports, and grateful to be on with you today. Some of our listeners may have heard your name, others may not have, so if you don't mind, take maybe a couple minutes to give a little bit of background about what you do and what Steiner Sports is all about, and just help them learn a little bit more about you, if that's all right, Brandon. Some of the things I do will seem a little more common now, but not, not so common when I started. So, I mean, Steiner Sports, basically, we market athletes. We've been doing that since 1987. And we help companies find the right athletes. We represent the companies. So you have a company out there and you're probably intimidated about how to find an athlete for a spokesperson or to use for a trade show or PR play. We help find you the right match and find you the right talent, even if you're a small company or a company who's never used athletes before. And then we have Steiner Collectibles, which is licensing and sports collectibles. That's the brand that many more people know us for. And we have partnerships with a lot of players, Mariano Rivera, Eli Manning, and many teams around the country we've had over the years, from the Dodgers to the Yankees to the Nets to the Garden to Notre Dame. And uh, we create collectibles and experiences for the fans and then get them actually pieces of the game as well. The game used football, a game used bat, a base, and then stuff from the actual players and teams. So that's kind of, that's the main gist. Yeah. And I remember when we were together in Utah, you had this, you know, you had this dirt with you from Yankee Stadium. And what a great entrepreneurial mind. The whole point is you can own a piece of Yankee Stadium or, or name the, the venue and you sell the dirt and people love it. You know, it's a piece of history. So I was just fascinated by it. I thought that was a brilliant idea. I've never seen anyone do that before and, and very cool. Well, there are several hundred SKUs on, the, on SteinerSports.com about the dirt. You know, the thing about the dirt, I want people to not to get the wrong idea is that you know, your first idea is never your best idea. And when the economy was bad, you know, we were, we were really trying to figure out something that would be cool, inexpensive. And that's how we came up with the dirt. And it just spiraled and it just turned into hundreds of different items, pens and coasters and photos and all kinds of different things that we're able to build out from the dirt. So it's been a fun product line. It's not, I mean, we do a lot of other stuff and people really know the dirt because it's such a, I mean, it's great margins, frankly, and and we do really well with the dirt. But, and it just came out of necessity to come up with something inexpensive that was fun for our customers. 
Well, let's talk about your book. So you wrote this book, Living on Purpose. You know, there's a wide swath of listeners. We have business executives around the world. We have a stay-at-home mom or dad and everywhere in between and different range of experiences, ages, across the board. So tell us, Brandon, what inspired you to write this book, Living on Purpose? Why did you write it? And, and what's the essence of it? I think the essence really is, is about most people think about doing well, and then at some point they'll do good. And I think it's just completely reversed. I think people are completely delusional that are on the roadmap. They're just doing as well as they possibly can. Then somewhere down the road, they'll do good when you should be doing as much good as you can. And the byproduct of that will help you do well. You know, it's with your health. You know, we get through this quarter. Then I'll go home. I'll have a catch with my kid or I'll take my wife out on a nice date. Let me just get through this one year. I got a lot of stress at work. That's why I can't eat right and get healthy. And the book is really about faith, fortune, and fitness. And what most people don't realize is that success is so hinging on those three things. I'm not here to say get work-life balance, slow down. No, keep going. But go on a much more firmer platform by getting your health right and incorporating faith into your day-to-day work space. And most importantly, you know, family and friends have to be respected. You, know, you can't just assume that they're going to just always be there even though you're not. So, you know, you've got to, you know, you got to work your time management, your relationship with time. And that's the general gist of the book is a lot of people probably get much further than they ever thought they were going to get. And I'm asking them to not stop, but to take a pause. That's the number one button on your remote that you use the least, by the way, the pause button. And I'm asking you to use that button, take a little break and think a little bit about where you've been, what you like, what you don't like, and make some adjustments and keep going. So that's, that's the book. It, it's done really, really well because it's a book that for people that have had some success, but aren't willing to just compromise and just be successful or just be good or great at what they do. They want to be significant. They want to be extraordinary. And if you have somebody who wants to blow past success, you're not willing to just settle for being really good or great, but you want to be extraordinary, then this is the book for you. Yeah. So let's get into it just a little bit more specifically. You hinted at a few different you know, areas there with the faith, the fitness. And if you had to look at this book and say, you know, as you wrote it, What are two or three of the biggest lessons learned that you had while you wrote it and that now you feel like you'd like to communicate to others? I mean, as far as take-home value, we'll use that phraseology, what would be two or three things that you learned and that you would really love to see people take from this book they can actually do and implement in their lives? The one thing you probably wouldn't expect is that, you know, money does not resolve all your problems. (laughs) (laughs) It's so important that, you know, if you're working really hard, I love the money grab. I like making money. I don't want there to be any confusion but it won't resolve all your problems. I think the one thing that you probably wouldn't expect out of the book, because I could probably talk about how to make more money all day, and I get into a spiritual conversation, but I'm not sure that that will, but I, because I think that you need to incorporate more spiritual conversations. But the one big takeaway would be fitness. And you know, most people don't realize how important being, feeling good and, and working in your diet, sleep, exercise is. Now, I'm not an expert. I went I'm just telling you what I did. You know, I ran into a place where I ended up somewhat obese. I mean, just not feeling well, overweight, overly stressed, and had no routine of working out, eating right. So I went to these fitness and health gurus and really took the best advice I could. And this is not over a year or two. This is over about 15 years. And like one of my favorite lines in the book is, don't worry about gaining or losing weight, worry about gaining health. Every day you should be worrying about gaining health the same way you're trying to gain wealth. And if you manage your checkbook the same way you manage your health, in that same kind of category of calories and just your numbers that your body consists of between protein, weight, muscle, 
you're going to be on a road to a lot more success because with more energy and feeling better, you're going to do more. You're going to be better at your family. You're going to be better with your kids. You're going to be better at business. So I know there's a lot of books out there. There's no get fit scheme in this book. You know, if you want to lose a lot of weight, I mean, I, or get fit quick and cut off your arm and lose a lot of weight. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of ways to lose weight, but I think it's about gaining health and really understanding, try to break it down so everyone's body is different and everybody's health is different. But the important part is to keep digging and keep searching and keep scratching till you figure out the keys of how to manage your body the same way you figured out and schemed and dreamed and hustled to figure out the way to make money in your business. I want you to scheme and hustle and grind to figure out how your body works the same way you did for your business. You know, I love that, Brandon. It's interesting because I'm sure you've seen this and we've talked about it on this podcast before. Harvard did a study and, and there was a book that was just released from a guy that went over and lived in a village for a couple of months amongst these people whose average lifespan was in the 90s. And he wanted to figure out, you know, why are these people living so long? Harvard asked a similar question. And what they found are there are five predictors of longevity. Number one are relationships. Number two is to have a clear purpose, in other words, a vision. Number three and four and five you just touched on, which is diet, what we eat, exercise, and sleep. Those are the five predictors of longevity. And, you know, it's interesting how easy it is for any of us to let those things slip away from us in this busy, chaotic world that we live in, isn't it? I mean, life can just get a hold of us. I think we can all relate to that. And that's exactly right. I, I'm looking right now at the table of contents in, in your book, and I'd like yes. you to expand on two areas. You have in here in chapter seven, the negative energy trap. We talk a lot about energy and you know, our focus on being great leaders and these high performance habits and how energy is such a big part of that in leadership, whether we're talking about leading our own life, leading our family, a team, whoever it might be. What do you mean there by the negative energy trap? I'd love to have you expound on that. Well, I think it's such a critical thing about getting in touch with your past and getting everything organized and cleared up and cleaned up in order to move to your present. And I think people don't realize, they they, they oh, I don't worry about that. I'm not talking to a brother or a sister or a friend or I have a boss that screwed me. Many of us have been dumped by a boyfriend or girlfriend. I'll give you two quick examples. One, you know, I have an indoor basketball court in my house and I have 100 basketballs in my house, 100 balls. I'm, I'm 60. I still play, but... I was turning to my trainer about a month ago, and I looked at him, and I said, do you believe I have 100 basketballs here? I mean, there's no way I can use these 100 balls. It's insane. Now, you, know, <laughs> you know, I have a full court. People come over, you have four or five balls. And the reason I have 100 balls is because when I was a kid, we played in the playgrounds of Brooklyn, and we'd rub those balls all the way through to, to the point we didn't have a ball. And many times we'd go out and play, and we didn't have a ball to play. And it was like hours to find somebody who had a basketball. And my delusional mind, I don't want to wake up ever again and thinking we're not going to have a ball to play. And in case one of the balls we're using gets ruined, I have a backup and a backup and a backup 100 times over. Now, how that story relates to so many people listening is that that's a trite thing that happened 45 years ago. And I'm still carrying it forward at 60. Imagine that all the other things you're carrying for when you were a kid, good, bad, and indifferent, that I haven't resolved. And all I need is to sit down and resolve and say, Brandon, you're never going to be without a basketball ever again. That was then. This is now. The circumstances have changed. If you need another ball, there's always a store. and You have the money to get whatever balls you want. You've been dumped by a boyfriend or girlfriend. You First thing you do when you meet somebody new, you know, I got to move slow. I got to take it easy. I'm coming off a really rough relationship. Somebody just dumped me. Why? What does that new person have anything to do with a person who you broke up with that you're heartbroken about? Nothing. You yeah, carry it's it almost, forward. It's almost like this. The intent behind it is this internal defensive barrier, right? So that we don't have to experience pain again. But in yes. the very essence of protecting ourselves, we're also hurting ourselves. 
And what ends up happening is the negative energy trap is about expectations. When expectations are not met or when you go through experiences of frustration and disappointment, you need to turn those expectations to appreciations. I'm glad I couldn't find that ball. Because now every time I pick up a ball and it's a really nice ball, I appreciate it. And that was then. Times were tough. But now I appreciate that I'm able to have a few balls. I appreciate that I have a loving wife. I'm I'm sure my wife's not going to come home one day and just break up with me like some girl did 35, 40 years ago that broke my heart. But you got to go and get that clarity. And I think most people get caught up in disappointment. That's a negative energy trap. It's just disappointment. It's something you forecasted and what you thought you deserved and then it's what the world gave you. And the gap between that is disappointment. It's expectations that are just not met. And those just linger. And that's what stops you from passing success and moving to significant to extraordinary, that negative energy trap that doesn't allow more room for more success because it's clogged up with some of the disappointments and failures. And until you go back and get into forgiveness, until you go back and get into clearing up, maybe you were just a shitty, maybe you're just a bad boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, all those things you just need to clear up. And sometimes you just need to forgive people, even though they're not deserving of it. We call that mercy. But I think it's a really huge part about why some people stop at success. Like, why would you stop at just being really good or great when you could be extraordinary? You see it all the time in sports. Like, you see players that have talent to maybe be the best that ever was, and somehow they get stuck at just being really good. Why? And I think it's the negative energy trap. It's stuff that's happened before them that kind of clogs them down and holds them down with that negative energy trap. And there's, I'll even throw out one other thing, Brandon. I love you. You just brought that up. I'll throw out one other thing too as to why people stop. It's been my opinion and experience that as you go out around the world and you look at all these different people, including ourselves, I mean, we're all the same as humans and it takes a real focus on certain principles and high performance habits to get past this complacency trap that you're talking about. The other one that I would suggest is a part of this is comfort. People get into survival mode and they'll do anything to survive. You talk about that. When you were younger, whatever it takes to go find a basketball, we're going to go do it. (laughs) We have time for hours. We're going to go find a basketball. When we're in survival mode, we'll fight, kick and scratch to survive. Yet, isn't it ironic that people oftentimes have these quote-unquote the midlife crises in their 40s or so? And that also happens to be the time where many people are making enough money that they're comfortable and they're in a relationship where it's comfortable. Life is comfortable at that stage and that's so easy to settle and get complacent when we get comfortable. And that's the worst thing you can say to yourself is, I'm good. Yeah. Like you, somebody I've haven't talked to in a while, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> well, God, it's, sleep. isn't it true that when we get comfortable, that's when we put ourselves at the greatest risk of complacency? It happens in the fighter pilot world, you know, where I was for 11 years. If we, get I heard about that. I'd love to ask you about that, that, that your, your flying days. And I think you, did you fly an Air Force One? I was an Air Force One advance agent. Yes. Wow. That's uh, cool too, man. I, I want to go on that plane one day. That's it, my, one of my goals. It's a cool you know, plane. It's funny, like, <laughs> it's funny like how you, you, know, you do all these things and, and it, that's really what makes you into who you are today. The key is to keep doing them. You know, yes. I'm good is, I mean, I last time I was good, I think I was like two or three years old. I think I was taking a nap and I was good. I don't remember if I've been good ever since. I'm, I'm happy to some degree because I'm progressing. I'm challenged. That's happiness, progressing, being challenged having the people that you love around you and happy that they are around you, that's happiness. But, you know, you don't want to be good. You know, when it comes to uh, some of your challenges, some of your successes, you want to be constantly trying to move forward. And just because you're 45 or 50, and that's who this book is really aimed towards, people in their 40s and 50s is saying, wait, wait, wait a minute, get back to that 20-year-old mindset. Get back to the 25-year-old that was willing to work weekends, nights, or just grind out and do, do whatever it took. Yeah, the fighter. I love it. 
there's one more that I want you to touch on from the book here, and then and then we can wrap up the podcast. Before we do, though, you know, just this thought of being comfortable and complacent. It's something that can really happen to all of us. In fact, in the in the fighter pilot community, since we brought that up, before we go fly, there are what we call these human factors. And as a flight lead, we touch on these human factors every flight because those can kill us. Task saturation, misprioritization, and complacency is one of those. And man, it's just so easy for any of us to settle in life and get complacent. And I'll just take 30 seconds here because I want to focus on you in this next topic. A good friend of ours in one of our seminars, we were talking about the power of reading and that simple habit of how impactful it is of maintaining that slight edge or that sharp edge in our minds. And he said, you know, I used to just read voraciously up until about four years ago. And ironically, as I look back, he had never connected that dot until that moment. He said, that's when I lost my edge. As a leader, things started going downhill. I started making poor decisions. And he was at the point in his life where he actually felt like it was time to hang it up in his business. And he said, but I'm going to actually go back and experiment on this. And so for three months, he started reading voraciously again, 20 minutes a day. And within the three-month window, he had his edge back. You know, he just said, well, why did I stop reading? If it was such a powerful habit throughout my entire life, why did I stop? And I think he's just human. You know, that, that can happen yeah. to any of us along the way if we're not careful, if we don't maintain those habits that you're talking about. So here's the other one I wanted you just to briefly touch on. I think yeah. it's chapter two here. And it says, fill yourself, forget yourself. And I'm not sure I understand that, but I think from what I do understand just by reading that title, I love it. And so I'd like you to expand on that just a little bit. I think that, again, that's a little bit of a faithful proposition, but I, I don't think we're all placed here to just get down to it. And we could talk about religion and you believe in God and all these other things, but I just can't imagine we're all placed here so we can individually just fill our pockets as much as we possibly can, just so we individually could be as rich as we can and simply just worry about ourselves. I, I just can't imagine that was the premise of us and this planet and as us as humans. I think if you really want to fill yourself, forget yourself and, and try to help as many people as you can, as often as you can. And if you can play the grown-up game, do as much as you can for as many people as you can, as often as you can, and expect nothing back. I think that people misunderstand, you know, they think helping people is a burden. And I look at it as an opportunity that will lead you to share joy. And, and I think that regardless of how much money you're making, regardless of what particular position you are in your life, I think that when you can go and spend a part of your day to try to help others and expect nothing back, it's the most joyful thing you can do. It's unfortunate that a lot of people don't realize that more towards the end of their life. And I, I urge people not to wait. I don't put anything in a finite way or write a check or do this, do that. I mean, any giving, whether it be your time, helping somebody in any way with guidance or money or just thinking of someone that you're not really expecting anything back on is will lead you to share joy. And I think that when you see teams, especially because people relate to sports, and I'm a sports guy, I think they see some of the best teams are the ones that are willing to sacrifice, whether it be their minutes or whether it just be maybe getting a shot up or I think the teams that are willing to sacrifice for themselves and the communities that are willing to sacrifice for themselves for others is the communities that really excel and thrive. And we've seen that even around this country and around this world. And I think we were all put here more to help each other than we were to help ourselves. I use the reference in the back of the book, if you watch that movie, Oh God, with George Burns. I love that movie, <laughs> by the way. Everyone should watch it. It's an oldie but goodie. And at the end, John Denver, who gets visited by God, he's complaining. He's talking about all the different problems we have. And God says, listen, I'm not really sure that necessarily I have all the answers to all those problems, but I gave you the one big solution to just about every problem that you, you'll face on earth, which is each other. That's what we have to start gearing up towards is really using each other much, much more 
and looking to help each other much, much more to resolve our own problems and community problems and worldwide problems. I'm faithful that we, we can all do that one day. No, isn't it ironic, Brandon, just as a side note and an observation, that when typically we're serving others, that's when we typically feel the best about ourselves. And yet, from the world's perspective, it should be all about ourselves. And that's what brings almost the least amount of satisfaction. You said it in the beginning, you know, money is, I call money a magnifier. <laughs> it yep. just magnifies who we are. If we're giving kind, charitable before, it magnifies our ability to do that. If we're selfish, if we're a jerk, magnifies our ability to do that to others. So I just love what you're talking about there. It's a good self-assessment for any of us. If you're in your 40s, you're at halftime. If you're in, on any team, you go into the locker room and you take a break and you, you say, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Let's do more of this, less of this. Let's make some adjustments. Why would you do it in your life? Why would you take a little break, go into the locker room? And most people just don't have the ability. And I'm urging them to use that button that you never use on your remote, like I said earlier, and the use that button. pause button. Get into the locker room, take a breath. Sit down with the people that are most important to you and figure out what you want to do more of and less of and make the adjustments. And there's nothing wrong with going for a bigger money grab. I'm not here to say, you know, don't worry about the money. No, go for more money because you, if you make more money, you can do more good. I feel like the more money I make, the more good I could do. I'm, I'm happy to do it. I still like making money. I like the game of making money. So I enjoy that. I'm not going to give it up. But I also enjoy helping people and giving up some of that money and some of my time to do that too. I'm not going to give that up either. And I'm going to throw one more thing in there. It's been my observation, Brandon, that, and this is what I mean by money's a magnifier. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. Do what you can. If we're not already giving at this moment right now of what we have, you know, the widow's might is a good analogy from the Bible. If we're not already giving of what we have right now, there's no magic amount where that changes, has been my observation. If a person's making 100000 and they're not giving already, of their time and of their resources and means, nothing's going to change typically at a million dollars. That's a moving target. Same thing, a million all of a sudden, the next is 10 million. At 10 million, now it's 100 million. You know, I could easily go spend 10 million. But what I would say but, is it's never too late to be the person you want to be. And it's never too late to start tomorrow and, and enjoy yes. that feeling. And don't wait till it's too late. And that's exactly what I'm trying to get at is it doesn't matter where we're at financially today. Start today for any of us. Because... Money is just a moving target. <laughs> For more, most people, the more they make, the more they spend, and it, it just is never enough. And that's why we should start today. And I love what you're saying there, Brandon, just reiterating how wholeheartedly I agree with you on that. So let's finish this podcast with this. If you could just give someone, and you've already given some great advice, one final piece of advice, what would that be? If you were to sit across the campfire from someone, you had a couple minutes with them, and they're just saying, Brandon, from your life, share with me one or two pieces of advice across the board that you feel could have the biggest impact. Well, manage your body the same way you manage your bank account and take sleep and take rest and take, but you know something, scrap all that. Leave your <laughs> cell phone home on date night. Oh. You know, if you tell me you work as hard as you do because you do it for your family, your wife, your husband, your kids, then when you go out a few hours a week, leave your phone home. Don't bring it with you. Don't say you're not going to look at it. Leave it home and tell your wife, send that message. I send that message to my wife twice a week that says, when we go out on date night, we go out for lunch on a Saturday afternoon, you're the most important thing, and I want to catch up on everything that's going on, and I don't want anything to interrupt that. And even though you are sidetracked during the week, your wife or her husband knows that those two or three times during the week, they will have your undivided attention, and that's what will keep your marriage fruitful. And partnerships, marriage, it's important. The objective is not to get married, it's to stay married. And leaving your cell phone home, believe me, your wife 
joy will drop when you tell her you're not taking the phone with you. You bring the phone in case the kids are calling, whatever, but don't bring it with you. I urge you to try it. I know it's going to be hard. Do not bring that phone into the bedroom and don't bring it with you on date night. Oh, I love it. And I guarantee if my wife listens to this, she will love it too. <laughs> try it. It's uh, a game changer. It I'm, changed my relationship with my wife because now I, I'm, I know those hours during the week of where my wife's coming from and she knows where I'm coming from. We have those five, six hours of exchange and, and it's been a game changer for me and I highly recommend trying it. I know it's going to be hard because you think God knows what's going to happen in those three hours when you're out on a Friday night, but that's not true. Well, how about this? I won't even try. I'll commit to do it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it works out. I, I think I, I like to go get it to be national. I like everybody to try it. Yeah. Let's do it. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of smiles on people's phones and, and radios right now as they're listening to this podcast because they're thinking, oh, yeah, you know, how many times are we not really present? We're there, but we're not present. So I love it. I'm going to do that. You're going to love those nuggets. The nuggets are, the book is filled with these nuggets. And yeah. I'm a little bit of an out of the box thinker. I'm, I'm not the smartest tack in the box. So a lot of these little things are just, you're going to read this book and you're going to, you're going to find these little nuggets. But it's hard to find a book. I, I, I try to do this book of not telling you what to do, but I showed you what I did. And I don't think our problems are that much different, most of us. So I try to face the problems. I found the right people to help me cure those problems. And I try to share those resolutions in the book. Well, I love it. So where can people get the book and how could they find you, Brandon, if they want to know a little bit more about you? Well, you got to follow me on LinkedIn. I'm a big LinkedIn guy. I, I'm on there all day. I love LinkedIn. BrandonSteiner.com, though, if you want to order the book, if you want it signed, and you get my 22 laws of negotiating on there for free this week. It's a, it's a really cool thing. You can always get it on Amazon, too. BrandonSteiner.com, you, you go register for the blog and everything else. It's a cool place to go if you need to communicate with me, hire me to speak or anything like that. Bam. But love LinkedIn. You know, Definitely follow me. Message me on LinkedIn. Love hearing from you. Good. Yeah. So brandonsteiner.com. If you're even close and Google them, it'll come up. I've tried that several times. So Brandon, yeah. thanks so much for being on the show. Sure. Appreciate it. Great advice here for all of us to apply no matter really where we're at in life. So thank you so much for being on the show, Brandon. I sure I appreciate it. I know our listeners appreciate it. Rob, I'm not done with you, man. I'm, I got to get into your story, man. I heard you're amazing. I, I, got, a, I got a lot of questions for you. We're going to have to do a home and home on this. <laughs> Look forward to it. All right, brother. Well, thank you, Brandon. And to all our listeners, thank you for being a part of the show today. Have a fabulous day, a great week. And there's something we can all do. Let's leave our cell phone behind, whether it's on a date with our kids, our spouse. That's a simple, easy one we can do right now. So thanks again, Brandon. Have a fabulous thank day. You. Have a great day. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, it would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.